0: Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to ask you before I dive into my topic today to log on to greatman.tv and sign up for our Great Man Digest. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're not trying to pull you into anything weird. We just want to help you be a great man. There are links to podcasts. There are articles. There are quotes. There's stuff to inspire you towards being a great man. So log on to greatman.tv and sign up for the Great Man Digest. It comes out every week. Now, I want to talk to you in this podcast cast about pride. Now, there are a bunch of different types of pride. First of all, there's the kind of pride that people have because they've accomplished something huge and they've, they've wrapped their personality around it, or maybe they come from a big and wealthy or famous family, or they have a famous you know relative or something like that, that gives them a sense that they're superior to others. That kind of pride we're sort of used to. Uh, we see it all the time in media. And quite frankly, life will take care of that kind of pride. People who think they're exceptionally Awesome, uh, because they've got money, or because their last name is you know whatever. Uh, they they that will be dealt with. They will be taken down a peg or two. And yes, I would confront that kind of pride in a friend. But I but I'm not primarily going after that kind of pride today. There's also the positive kind of fr- pride, uh, even in the New Testament of the Bible, which. Uh, which of course decries pride and arrogance on every almost every page, uh, the word pride is used, depending on the version of the Bible you use, four to six times positively. It means to feel confident and good about what has happened or what you have done, to live in a sense with integrity and reality and honesty, but achieve things so that you can take pride in yourself. So even in the New Testament, uh, where again, negative pride is hammered all the time, Pride is treated positively when it it comes from a genuine, confident, integrity-based, achievement-based kind of delight in what you've accomplished and gratitude for it. That's a good kind of pride. We want our children to have that. We want to have that. But the kind of pride that I confront in men all the time and that is more endemic to men uh, is a kind of pride that comes from being unaffirmed earlier in life. I want you to think about these words. It comes from being unaffirmed earlier in life. The way a young man ought to grow up, he ought to have fathers and grandfathers and uncles and older men around him in the community. He ought to be confronted and chastised and corrected whenever he does something wrong or stupid. He should be punished in some cases when he does things wrong. Obviously, that's part of parenting, part of a child growing up. Uh, but, But he also should be affirmed. He should have people saying, I see real gifts in you. You're such a good guy. You're a gentle soul, man. You're good with that guitar. Uh, you know, I, I, I see the, I see the goodness in you. I see what you're capable of accomplishing. You're going to do great things one day, or are or, or, or you really that those skills are going to mean a lot to people. You're going to be able to help a lot of people with your love for medicine and, and, and your love for biology, things like that. Uh, I'm proud of the way you, you loved your sister through her sickness. I'm, I, I'm glad for what I see you doing on the football field. When you, when you show sportsmanship and you, and you help your buddies and encourage him. I mean, there are 10 million ways that can happen, but with words and affirmation um, and, and with, with spending time with a young man, um, he doesn't have a hole in his soul. He doesn't have a great big gap on the inside of him, a lack of affirmation and direction and calling out of destiny and, and, and praise and, and, uh, and the kind of praise that gives direction. Um, when somebody told me early in my life that, that I'd have to work on it, but I, but I had a facility with words. And when I spoke there, there was some strength to it. It was news to me. Um, but man, that made a big difference. And, um, when I, my father just said one time during a football game, he didn't even say it to me. He just said, I like to see people improve. I really admire people who improve, uh, improve upon themselves. Well, I took it and uh, later on when i improved upon myself he he and i was having a difficult time in my life he said you're going to continue to rise i mean i mean that's the kind of stuff that that even a father like mine who's a good man but but not real well uh, gushy <laughs> you know not real emotional uh in the treatment of his son uh he he built he built a picture on the inside of me with words now young men ought to have that and in the absence of that unless they are crushed by it, unless they are made insecure, uh, unless they are made uncertain and fearful, which is what a lot of men do, uh, kind of take have taken their souls when they're not affirmed, they don't have older men guiding them. The other thing men can do is they can start praising themselves. If you know a bragger, if you know a man who's always talking about his accomplishments, if you know a man who's always competitive and always, uh, you know, no matter what happens, he's always got to be one up, that kind of thing. If you know a guy who's who's always boasting, and normally they're empty boasts, and it just seems like external praise, uh, even of himself, is one of the most important things he could ever do. He gets two words in a newspaper article, maybe, or, or in a sports review, and he puts that on his wall because, hey, look at that, man. I got, look at how awesome I am. He seems to have a driving need for affirmation, and I would suggest it's because there's a vacuum there from earlier in his life. Now, I'm not playing politics in what I'm about to say, and I've been every, very open in the past about my political views. But let me just mention Donald Trump in this connection. And the reason is I've written a book on him, and so I've delved a little bit into his background, and I can use him as an example uh, since he's a prominent person. We all know, whether Donald Trump is your political cup of tea, a cup of tea or not, we all know that this is a man who's constantly affirming himself. He gets up in front of the UN and he says, in two years, my administration has accomplished more than any administration in American history. The UN laughs at him because, of course, it's a silly statement. What's he doing? He's affirming himself. Um, I I watched a video where he spoke at a church and the first thing he did was brag about the crowd size. I don't think this church has ever had a crowd this big. Um, Again, he's preoccupied with that kind of thing preoccupied with accomplishments, constantly praising himself, constantly feeding off of praise, Um, speaks of dictators in the world uh, in terms of whether they like him or not or think he's good. Um, So this is a man who clearly is affirming himself all the time. And what do we think? We think he's one of the most boastful, prideful people we've ever had in office, whether we, whether we like what's accomplishing, what he's accomplishing or not. And I've already said publicly many, many times that I'm concerned about his personality and its effect on our country, uh, but I'm glad for some of the things his administration is accomplishing. So I'm not here hammering him for political purposes. What I want you to know is that if you dive into Donald Trump's life, if you look at his early years, you find that his father, Frederick Trump, Uh, was a man who was very heavy with criticism, but very slow to praise. Donald Trump himself said those words. There was frequently criticism and seldom praise. His father was a bit cold. Uh, He was a builder. Uh, He was about money. He built a competitive culture in the home. Uh, Donald Trump himself has said that the culture was so competitive in his home that his older brother actually killed himself over it. He couldn't compete. He couldn't keep up young Donald basically flipped his father off, broke away from him in business, and then went on and just had made a lifetime habit of affirming himself. Now, he's accomplished a great deal and everybody needs to give him credit for that. Uh, But the fact is that at every turn, he was constantly affirming himself. So he's a man who's got a pride problem. He's a man who who is uh, constantly affirming himself, constantly praising himself, constantly bragging. And yet, I can't help but see it as the result of a little boy, uh, him being uh, when he was a little boy, unaffirmed. It was all about performance. It was all about the family. It was all about competition. It was all about how he looked and what the family had and what kind of limos they rode around and and whether people gave them the proper honor, etc., etc., etc. Okay. And you can see that in Donald Trump. So I'm not excusing him in any way, nor am I trying to lambast him. What I'm trying to do is say, here's an example on the public stage of a man who is precisely what I'm talking about, unaffirmed as a young man. So what he does is he starts to affirm himself in his self-talk, so to speak, inside his own brain and publicly, he's constantly saying, I'm the best. I can, I can win. These other people are suckers. And if you read my book or you read other books on Donald Trump, you will see this. He talks about it openly. Even his books on business advice has to do with screw those who get, get, get over on you and, and be the best and win and let everybody know about it when you do win. Well, this is pride. And uh, I, I don't have to tell you that. Everybody knows that. Even if you voted for Trump and you like him, uh, the fact is that you know he's a prideful man. So the question is, what does this have to do with us as men? Well, I want you to look at your background. I want you to look at your life. Were you affirmed as a young man? Even if you didn't have a father in the home, did your mother do it? Did your coaches do it? Did your brothers do it? Did your friends do it? Or did you go into life with an agonizing vacuum of praise and affirmation. Now, most people do, I have to say, especially coming out of the World War II generation, as we call them. They were taught to hide their emotions. They were taught, told that a man never cries. Uh, they had a hard time looking their sons in the face and saying, I love you. They had a hard time putting their arm around their, their sons. Um, and so many uh, boomer children, especially boomer generation men, but even those who came from boomers, um, have grown up with a lack of affirmation in their lives. And so pride of a kind that is almost light and frivolous. That's, that's, what's, that's what's odd. Look at Donald Trump, for example. He's accomplished amazing things. But what he chooses to fight about is hand size as a metaphor for you know, size of another kind or the size of crowds or who's got the best house or their car or frivolous stuff. And that's what men will do. They will start to affirm themselves. They'll start to take, you know, if they make one basket in the high school game, uh, the praise they get from that one basket means so much to them because there's such a hole in their soul that they go around talking about it and praising themselves and bragging about it, making sure all the girls know that they got one basket. And they don't realize that, you know, some other dude got 32 points and he never talks about it at all. That other dude probably is affirmed. That other dude's probably got parents saying, look, keep your head, keep, keep humble, keep a level head, but you're doing great. Keep going. Um, You see the difference. So I want you to do a pride index or a pride inventory in your life. And I want you, if you, if you find yourself in this description that I'm giving of men who have not been affirmed of men who, uh, who have, who have not had that hole in their soul that's meant to be felt, uh, filled by the words and the beliefs and the confidence of other men in you. Uh, that I, and, and if you find that you're in this picture of appraising yourself and being braggadocious because you're basically trying to compensate for something that wasn't there that should have been earlier on, I want you to make a change. First of all, I want you to realize it. Second of all, uh, I want you to begin to look at it honestly in your soul. Look at Really make sure you understand the connection between the hole that's in your soul in this area and how you behave. Get some help. Get some people to talk to you about it. Pull some people in you trust. And then start to put yourself in a culture, in an environment where men are not sitting around idly praising each other. We don't want a vanity fest. But what we do want you to do is be with men who, ha- who make it their habit and their way of friendship and life to affirm each other, to speak what they see in each other's lives, to call out the best in each other. Yes, to correct. Yes, to chastise. And of course, we're going to talk smack. Of course, we're going to kind of cut in on each other humorously. That's what men do. Men nip at each other from time to time, kind of like dogs in a pack. And actually, a lot of it's corrective and helpful. It's how we nurture each other, really. I like it when my friends talk smack. I like it when they tease me. Uh, I like it when they say, oh, you know, Mansfield doesn't have time for that. He's always on a plane somewhere. It says a little something, doesn't it? That I may, maybe the presentation of my life is, is a little bit arrogant, a little bit man on a jet, a little bit self-important. Uh, even though that's not what they mean to say at the moment, just that bit of humor can help me realize, huh, yeah, I probably am giving that impression to people. And maybe I'm even living that way. Let's make a correction. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to make a correction. And the reason is that there's an ancient proverb that says pride goes before a fall. Genuine pride, really believing you're better than everybody else, will lead you to destruction. It will lead you to stupid mistakes. It will lead you uh, to overstep. But the other thing is that the other kind of pride that can lead to destruction uh, is the kind of thing where you're not genuinely whole You're not genuinely whole in your soul. You're not genuinely filled and directed and affirmed and and really having people believe in you and and, and trust in good things for you and standing with you and having your back. And so you're actually a very insecure person who is masking it with self-praise. If I'm going out to all my friends and saying I'm awesome, look what I did, look what I accomplished, man, I'm just better than all those guys. I know more than they do. You know, look what I did. I'm in this ranking. I got that thing. I was on that TV show. I own this. What, whatever it might be, you know, there are 50 million ways to brag. But if that's what I'm doing, then these guys might look and say, huh, Mansfield's Mansfield's accomplished. But the reality is, I could be a very insecure, agonizingly fearful person, and that's just that's just putting up a smokescreen. And the and the real harm from that is that it will keep the men that I need, uh, that I desperately need to be close and in my life. It'll keep them from me. Nobody likes to be around a bragger. Nobody likes that kind of pride. Uh, And and normally a bragger is a competitive person. So if I'm competing with everybody, I'm just going to be a stench. I'm just going to just going to tick them off. They're going to back away from me. What an idiot Mansfield is. Let's just leave him over there alone where he thinks he's awesome in his palace of self. You know, that's not what we want to be. So I want you to be genuine because being genuine allows other men to connect with you. And I want you to be genuine because I don't want you hiding your fears and your insecurities behind a smoke screen of aren't I awesome. We all have our accomplishments, we all have our failures, we all have our needs, and all of us in an ideal world should have been affirmed and guided and corrected and disciplined throughout our lives by men who loved us, who saw the good in us, who saw our negative tendencies, and who praised and extended the one and checked the other so that we could be good, solid, noble men. So do an inventory, check yourself out get some help and change the culture in which you live. Also, by the way, start living differently with other men. Start speaking the truth you see about their lives. Start not just idle praise for political reasons. Oh, you're so awesome, you know, because you want them to buy dinner or something. No, genuinely get in a guy's life and say, man, I'm impressed by the way you you, you handle your son and the way you love him. Gosh, I wish I could do that. Help me a little bit. But I'm just I just think that's an amazing skill you've developed. You see what that does? It calls him out. It affirms. It fills a hole in his soul. It strengthens what he's good at. It also begins to allow you to draw on it so that you become better with your son. That's what a mutual culture of affirmation does. And this is one of the great lessons of being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.